Welcome to the Mogul Marathon Real Estate Podcast. We highlight keen investment insights and strategies so you can become a real estate mogul. Here's your host, Yannick Kujo Virgin. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mogul Marathon Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Yannick Kujo Virgil, and I'm very, very excited for our guest today. Our guest today is Picasso Nelson. Now, Picasso is a former NFL athlete, and he's actually from a small town in Mississippi that has no red light. He is very, very smart and graduated ranked number one in his class in finance from the University of Southern Mississippi with two master's degrees in business and teaching at the age of 23. And now he is full-time in real estate. Picasso, thank you for uh, joining the show. Thank you for the invite. So give the listeners a little bit about your backstory and how you got to where you are today. Like you mentioned, uh, from a very small town in, in Mississippi. Nonetheless, even as a child, I knew that I wanted to be more than what I was surrounded by. So was always a dreamer. Went to high school, college there. Um, but in college, I quickly realized that football would not last forever. And uh, my senior year, I got injured and I ended up missing my senior year. And that was like a big wake-up call for me. The first time ever not playing, you know, the sport of football and missing it an entire season. So at that point, I, you know, I thought about, okay, what can I do that will set me up to be able to take care of my family and my mom for, for the rest of my life? And, you know, after searching, I found that real estate was something that I was passionate about. So I began to, you know, pursue that. So in the midst of pursuing that, I had a small amount of capital and I knew that I needed more capital. So in college, I started a trucking company, had one 18-wheeler, ended up having five 18-wheelers traveling across America. And upon finishing my last year of, you know, college football and, uh, you know, training for the NFL draft, et cetera, before entering to my rookie year in the NFL, sold all the trucks and had a you know, small amount of capital to then transition into real estate. And so at that point, I began to really try to leverage the NFL to um, learn more about, about real estate. And that's one thing that the Jaguars, you know, taught me is, you know, the player development with the Jaguars taught me my, my rookie year was that you have a golden ticket um, while you're playing football to meet whoever you want to meet and to learn about the industry that you want, want to be in. And a lot of players do not utilize their golden ticket. They go to the league and only hang out with football players. And that's why 80% of NFL players are broke after being out of, out of the league for five years. So um, but the thing in, in college, uh, one of my mentors, Mr. B, he told me, he said, Picasso, I know you play football, but don't just hang out with football players. Hang out with, you know, all types of people from all walks of life. And you will find out that even those who don't play football, you, you will have more coming with them. And I found that to be true. So begin to learn more about real estate, begin to invest in Mississippi and, um, you know, continue to invest. And last year, I redevelopment of a 16-unit complex. And I did everything from the under, from finding the deal, the underwriting to the project management, et cetera, um, for the entire deal. And I was, you know, talking to, with somebody that I really look up to. And they were saying that if I can do a 16-unit complex, the same amount of legwork can get a 200, 300, 400-unit complex done. So I wanted to, you know, learn more. And that's, you know, what has inspired my move since then. What a great 
backstory there. So I want to go back to your entrepreneurial journey because it seems like you really had a knack for entrepreneurship, right? You said before college, you were investing in trucking. You know, what stirred that bug? And I think your father was a former NFL player as well too, right? Yes. So what stirred that bug in entrepreneurship at an early age? Did he have anything to do with, with it too, given the fact that he used to be an NFL athlete and probably passed on some gems to you as a young kid? Like, how was that learning process? Absolutely. So I, I think, you know, my dad played a big role in, you know, for him as a college football player, he was the number one ranked safety in, in the nation his senior year. And, uh, you know, really good. But the ninth game of the season, he had an injury that really altered his NFL career. So I knew as a child that no matter how good I was in football, it only takes one injury for that to be no longer. So my education and figuring out how to invest was really important. And I think what really, really sparked my entrepreneurial spirit was that in high school, uh, my mom, she was working. And as a single mother, she lost her job for about six months. And took time for her. No one could help her. And, uh, you know, I gave her my life savings as a 17-year-old. She was crying. She thought I was selling drugs because of the amount of money I gave her. But obviously, I wasn't selling drugs. It was just, you know, my life savings. And at that point, I knew, like, okay, the feeling that that gave me to be able to step in and help my mom really sparked it in me to say, like, okay, no matter what situation I'm in, I need to have my money invested. I need to have the amount of money to not only take care of myself, but to take care of my mom. From there, I just always thought bigger than the game of football. I know your mom is really proud of you to make that jump. You know, to see any kid give up their life savings and give it to their mom, it tells a lot about your character and your dedication and how you're willing to step in for your family. Let's talk about the transition into real estate investing. How were you able to successfully make that transition from the NFL to real estate? Um, you know, I think it's for me, I would definitely say it was just learning, like learning and relationships. As we know, business is 100 percent about relationships. So, you know, while I was playing football, I knew that I needed to learn more. You know, it's just like as a kid, if you're playing any sport, if you want to go to the highest level, you need to learn. You need to improve the fundamentals. So as a rookie, I reached out to the NFLPA. Um, I, I wanted to learn more about real estate. So I ended up getting my real estate license and, you know, just talking to some regional real estate developers or, you know, very successful real estate gentlemen in, in Mississippi. I was told that getting my real estate license would be a great way for me to learn about real estate at the highest level. So I did that. And by doing that, I had the opportunity to see different deals that I had never seen before. And from there, just continuing, continuing to be pure hearted, continuing to make and build relationships and continuing to be coachable, I think really allowed me to learn more. And the more that you learn, the more options are open to you. So the more I learned, I figured out, OK, this is the faster real estate that I would love to be in. This is what I will pursue. These are the books I need to read. These are the courses I need to take. These are the skills I need to build. And I just follow the playbook. That's wonderful. I always like to say that education is the greatest equalizer. If you're able to put in the time and the energy and the effort to get educated, no matter what space that you're trying to get into, 
There are a lot of resources out there on YouTube and Google that will tell you a lot about what you're trying to learn. Yes. You've been able to successfully take that hustle and that energy from the NFL to real estate by applying things that are no different from studying your playbook. Because you know that in order to be successful on the field, you have to know your playbook. It's no different from real estate, right? Yes. Talk about like why commercial real estate specifically, because when people, most of the time, when they transition from the NFL to real estate or just people in general, right? The first thing that they think about is flipping houses. You know, did you start from flipping houses and then you jumped into commercial real estate? Maybe you found something along the way that wanted you to just go straight into commercial real estate. You know, talk a little bit about that journey before we dive into the 16 unit deal. Absolutely. So for me, I started off as far as like my personal investments um, was mostly in single family. Um, so, you know, was doing single family deals for me. I think as an entrepreneur, you should be long term. So I wasn't really interested in, you know, flipping houses. I wanted to buy and hold and build up my cash flow. And as we both know, your cash flow funds future deals. And I think if you have that mindset, OK, I want to build my cash flow, you should move in, in that manner. Um, and obviously, we know passive income is, you know, very important. And business at the highest level is based on passive income. So did a lot of um, single family houses, did some flips here and there just to pay off some single family houses and bought a fourplex. It was pretty easy transition from single family and from there moved up to the, the 16 plex. And obviously, that's, you know, just a start. But yeah, that was essentially my path thus far. So I love how you said you should be long-term greedy. That is absolutely great because real estate is one when you hold for the long-term. I think people get into this business from looking at things like HDTV and flip this house and they say, oh, this is real estate. I should be flipping houses. But the real wealth is created when you buy and hold long-term. And the fact that you've been able to figure that out early in your career will pay off generously in the long term, because that is really how you build wealth in real estate. I've talked to a lot of people who are real estate moguls, people who have multi-million dollars portfolio, and they own some of the same properties that they've had for the past 10 to 20 years. Or if they don't, they trade it out of those smaller properties and trade it into larger 50, 75, 100 unit buildings. And so it's all about generational wealth. You were able to pivot into that space early on. So that's great that you were able to do that. So, so, and, and I didn't answer the tail end of your question when you said why commercial real estate, but just to piggyback off what you just said, you know, generational wealth is the key. If, if we are serious about creating generational wealth, you should have a sense of delayed gratification. And I think in life, it's important to study the greats. And if you want to be a great basketball player, you study great basketball players. If you want to be a great chef, you study great chefs. The same goes in real estate. And, and just across those who are financially successful, delayed gratification is something that is very important. And also, you know, increasing your earnings and flatlining your expenses is really important as well. But, you know, you ask why real estate? And I say that for me and for you as well, like when you were a kid playing football, you wanted to go to the NFL. Like, that was the goal. And that shows that you are very competitive, that you are a striver, that you are a dreamer, and that you believe in yourself. 
the same for me in real estate. Like, you know, as a kid, I wanted to go to the NFL in sports. But also now that I'm starting in, in real estate and I have started in real estate, I want to do real estate at the highest level because I believe in myself and I'm a dreamer. So that's why commercial real estate. And when you look at, you know, the owners of the teams, I think the NFL is an amazing sport. The players have a wonderful opportunity to make capital and to, you know, change their family lives. But um, the owners of the teams, of the NFL teams across the board, they're generally heavily engaged in commercial real estate, heavily engaged in real estate. And they're able to own those teams for generations. They don't have to run into people full speed to remain the owner. And I think if you are really focused on ownership and and if you're focused on generational wealth and if you believe in yourself, I think it's not for a fit to want to do whatever you do at the highest level. So, yeah, I totally agree, man. You know, to touch on what you said first, success leaves clues all the time and trying to reinvent the wheel is something that you definitely don't want to do in the commercial real estate space. I think the best way, like you said, is just to model the ones who are the greats, model the ones who are doing things successfully. And people from a success perspective, they all do the same, follow the same playbook, right? Everyone probably just has their different spins on things that make it unique to them. So the goal is to model the greats, but put maybe a little spin on it, right? Because you might have a different investment strategy or you might have a different outlook on how things should be done that's what makes it yours so i totally agree 100 percent. follow the greats and i agree 100 percent. you know owners definitely own commercial real estate i was looking at jerry jones's portfolio on this platform i forget exactly what the platform's name is but there's a platform that allows you to see a lot of different commercial properties. It's not CoStar. It's another platform. But to your point, owners own real estate. You know, I talked to another CPA that handles the Minnesota Vikings, you know, finances. They own a ton of real estate. So you want to have generational wealth. You want to be great. You know, just follow their footsteps. I think that's the main point of this topic. Hey, listen up. If you're an employee, business owner, or professional athlete with money in the bank earning 0% return and you're thinking about passively investing in real estate, well, you need to check out our ultimate syndication guide for passive investors. This free guide absolutely covers everything you need to know about passively investing in real estate syndication or just real estate in general. If you want access to this valuable resource, go to MerlinAcquisitions.com slash Passive Guide to download the free syndication guide for passive investors. That's M-E-R-L-Y-N-N Acquisitions.com slash Passive Guide or head over to the show notes and click the link to download. Now let's get back to the show. So let's touch into your 16 unit deal. You know, how did you find it? You know, how did you put the deal together? How did you finance it? Talk a little bit about that deal and, and the uh, strategy for execution. Yeah. So um, with, with the 16 unit, you know, I found it simply through relationships, um, you know, have built the relationship with the, um, with the broker and, you know, was in the market to um, buy more multifamily. And um, so received the call that the deal had just hit the market and we, you know, um, moved forward with, with buying it. And, um, from there, um, did the underwriting. It made sense. It was in an area that um, I believed in and that I knew would would rent well. 
Um, so from there, um, financing wise, you know, from relationships as well, through the single family acquisitions and the flips and the fourplex, I build a relationship with a banker, a local banker. And from there, financed the deal. And it was essentially a value add deal. So um, fully, you know, went in, renovated every unit, um, you know, redid the parking lot, painted the exterior, et cetera. And, uh, you know, rented out the units. And it was very, very educational experience. Um, it was my first time seeing a, a deal like that through from start to finish on, on all facets. And, um, you know, it really gave me the confidence to want to, to not only want to do more or do bigger business, but to believe that I could actually do it. And I think in life it's important to have those confidence boosters when you step up to the plate and you you execute at a level that is reasonable for you. So it's always good to ha- get that experience under your belt and have the confidence to do larger transactions. You know, what would you say is the biggest thing that you've learned so far dealing with a 16 unit deal? I think the biggest thing is just to truly believe in yourself. Like from Mississippi and from where I'm from, many people think that it's a a big feat just to you know buy one single family house and own that. Um, but to be you know uh, a person that looks like us and that's young and to have a deal like a 16 unit complex, a lot of people think that's, that that is the epitome of business. And um, to just simply believe in yourself and to take what you learn, to apply what you, you learn, and to, like you say, don't reinvent the wheel, just improve it. And in that sense, you know, very small scale, but I, you know, apply what I've learned and I try to take the wheel and, and create my own spin to it. And it worked out really well. So, you know, I would just say what I learned most is just simply believe in yourself and obviously educate yourself and execute. When you do your first deal, it's one of those things where you get that monkey off your back, right? You get that lift off your back. And I remember doing my first deal and just feeling like that confidence level go up because I think people get afraid of get jumping into, into the multifamily space, right? For me, it was one of those things where I wanted to get into a deal. And once the deal got on the contract, it was like, oh, you know, this is real, right? You have to go out there. You have to raise the money. You have to do the underwriting. You have to do the due diligence, all this stuff to actually close the deal. But building that confidence and getting your first deal done, that is one of the best feelings that you can have that would propel you forward in your real estate space. And there's something called the law of the first deal that, you know, is coined by this guy, Michael Blanc, that says, you know, once you do your first deal, you're no your second deal is right around the corner yeah. just because of people knowing exactly who you are because you've, now you're a closer, right? You first were a dreamer, but now you're a closer yeah. and you can use that conversation and talk to different brokers. And now they're going to send you more and more opportunities because they know you can close. Absolutely. So that was great for, you know, your confidence with getting your first deal done. Mm-hmm. Stepping back a little bit from your journey from, the NFL to real estate to doing your 16 unit deal. Do you think there are traits from a professional athlete that is easily translatable into the world of entrepreneurship? Absolutely. Absolutely. Think about this, you know, as a professional athlete, um, say as a football player, say, you know, we all grow up playing football. 1% of high schoolers go to play D1 football. So if you're a D1 football player, you made it to a great level. Uh, 1% of, um, you know, 
D1 football players go to the NFL. So at that rate, like just to simply make it to the NFL, you are point oh 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 one percent of all football players in the world. So in order to make it to that level, you not only have to be talented, but you have to be extremely dedicated. So if you can make it to that level in the sport, you can obviously make it to that level in the business if you transfer the skills that allow you to get there. And I think, you know, the skills that are really transferable are, you know, one, I think, you know, as a player who's very driven, you want to be the first person in the building and the last person to leave. And I think with that mindset in business, if you apply it, you're putting the time in. I think it's important to get your extra reps, to watch film, to really, you know, study the game. Um, And if you transfer that to watching people that you aspire to be like, watching industry leaders, you know, taking the will and improving it, it's the same thing that you do in football. And, And three, you know, mentorship. If you want to be really good in sports, you you find the, the leader on, on the team. You find the all-pro uh, player that you aspire to be like, and you learn from them. You ask them, okay, how much how much sleep do you get? Uh, what what things do you look for in film? Like you you learn those things and you ask. So same thing in business. Find people that you aspire to be like. Ask questions and uh, apply it. And outside of on top of that, I would say it's all about your team. You know, in football, no matter how good you are, you can't play your best without having a good team of players around you or brothers around you. So I think in business, it's important to find people who have the same mission, vision, and values as you. And even though you all may be in different, you know, walks of life, different areas of real estate, you all can work together collectively to ensure that you all are moving in the, in, in the direction that you aspire to be. And uh, that's what any team does. You know, the great teams in football aren't so aren't always the most talented teams, but they're the teams who really care about each other, who really look out for each other, who really want the best for each other. And, and you know, you play well together. Yeah, I totally agree. I think all athletes have transferable skills in the world of entrepreneurship. Absolutely. When I think of the transferable skills, I think of things like, like you said, building a team. That is very crucial in the world of commercial real estate. You have to build a team. You have to know who are the key players and you have to know who is able to sufficiently perform in that role that you assign them to. Mm -hmm. Another thing is adversity and the ability to pivot during the midst of challenges, right? Because there are a lot of times that you and I were in the fourth quarter and the game was on the line and things happened on defense where we had to adjust accordingly, Mm -hmm. right? The offense throws an interception, You had to jump on the field and make a stop. Mm -hmm. Little things like that, I think, are so translatable in the world of entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. from a professional athlete's perspective that I think once athletes realize that and hone into those skills, Mm -hmm. the sky's the limit. As an athlete, we understand how to be consistent throughout adversity. So, you know, it's the fourth quarter. You still need to be consistent with your technique, still need to be consistent with your pre-snap reads, still need to be consistent with executing your job. And, you know, as football players, we go through fall camp or training camp, uh, and everyone is excited the first week. But what about the second week, the third week, when you're sore, when you're tired, when you, you know, are not feeling like practicing? Like, you still need to execute. You still need to, you know, know your alignment, your assignment, read your keys. So as an entrepreneur, if you transfer that, and if you're the first person, you know, in the building, if you wake up before the sun, if you study, if you focus on your technique, if you are consistent every day and you show up 
and you understand like, look, I may not be the best today. I may make mistakes today, but I won't make the same mistake tomorrow. And the next day, if you wake up with that same mindset and if you're focused on continuous improvement, I think there's no limit to where you can uh, take it. Totally agree, man. I think that goes for anyone that's trying to get into the world or anyone who is in the world of entrepreneurship, just applying that same mental toughness and thought patterns that you just mentioned. That is really how you be successful in today's entrepreneurial environment. So tell me a little bit about your secret sauce. You know, what do you think is your secret sauce today that attributes to your ability to be successful in real estate? I would definitely say um, being consistent and, and being a dreamer. So um, one, um, I dream and I and I believe that I can uh, achieve my dream. So, you know, you have a dream and from there you turn it into a goal. And at that point, you know, you, you line up different things that you need to do in order to get to that goal. So I think one is dreaming and, and just simply believing in myself. And two is consistency. I consistently wake up before the sun. I consistently am willing to learn and to improve each and every day. I consistently want to get better by 1%. And I think collectively, just being a dreamer, setting realistic goals and, you know, being consistent is definitely a a secret sauce. That is something that is very, very important to be successful in today's world. You know, consistency is one of the main ingredients to success. Mm -hmm. In the world of entrepreneurship, man, that is something that I think once people are able to tap into that side of success, the sky's the limit, like you said. So you've been in this real estate marathon. If you were to start this real estate marathon all over again, what do you think would you would do differently that would contribute to your success today? I think no matter how well you do, there's always room for improvement. And I know one thing that I have recently done Um, is move out of my hometown and move to a primary market. I've been here for five months thus far, and I've learned so much. Um, My mind has been open to new levels and to new things and new facets of real estate. And I think, you know, looking back, even though, you know, I've tried my best to maximize my time, I I would definitely say, you know, I would move sooner and I would enter a primary market sooner. And I think, you know, that is a, a cheat code to success is to leave in your hometown, um, being in a position where you're not comfortable and to surround yourself with individuals that you aspire to be like. And I think that's definitely a, an, an adjustment that I would make. Really cool, man. I completely agree. So if our listeners want to follow you, want to invest with you and your company, what's the best way for our listeners to follow up and get in touch with you? Absolutely. So, um, you know, they definitely can can reach out to me via email. Um, and my email is pnj at picassoestates.org. And, you know, they also can follow me on, on, on Instagram as well. Um, and my Instagram is caso, C-A-S-S-O-J-R underscore. So. Perfect. Well, Picasso, thank you so much for being a guest on our show. We talked about the transition from the NFL to real estate your entrepreneurial journey prior to college, your transition into commercial real estate, doing your first deal as a 16-unit deal, and just translating a lot of those traits from the athletic space into the world of entrepreneurship. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you to our listeners again for 
joining in to another episode of the Mogul Marathon Real Estate Podcast. Let's take action today and be great. And remember, real estate is a marathon, not a sprint. Run your own race. Thanks again, Picasso. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.